This is the Mercy Talk podcast. Mercy Talk is brought to you by Mercy Multiplied. We exist to encourage, equip, and empower both men and women with the same biblically-based principles we've seen work for over 35 years in our residential homes. If you want to find out more, head on over to mercymultiplied.com. Well, hey guys, welcome back to Mercy Talk. I am one of your hosts, Melanie Wise, and I'm joined again this week with, I just said from, I don't know, from Nashville, Tennessee, everyone, (laughs) with um, Rachel Thomas and Julian Vaca, part of our outreach team. I'm glad you guys are here today. Um, Man, y'all, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation, um, but if you're just joining us today for the first time, I I think you're going to benefit. It's not a situation where you have to go back and listen to last week. But if you have the time and ability, I would encourage you to, um, because I think we really set a foundation for where we're headed today. We are talking about, um, well, I guess to give the full context, if you did not listen to last week's, um, we've we've just been talking about how, um, you know, it's no joke and it's no shock to anyone that like our world right now is in a very um, sad, scared, Mm -hmm. angry, hurting, broken. I mean, even if you just take out the global pandemic and the racial tension that we're all looking at within our country, just what the pandemic has done within homes, within marriages. And when I say done, in fact, what I think has happened is that it's allowed some things to get unearthed. And and so people are looking at and dealing with some things that have kind of just been living under the surface. And so there just is a lot. I mean, when you ask anybody today, hey, how are you doing? (laughs) I feel like (laughs) literally every person I ask that to right now, they're just like, uh, do you want the full answer to that question? I don't know anybody who's like, everything's great right now. Life is awesome. I seriously don't know anyone who answers that way right now. If you do, good for you. Praise (laughs) Jesus. May it continue in your life. But but it's just a hard time. It's a hard season for our life. It's a hard season for our our world. Um, and, And so more than ever, are we passionate at mercy about the very thing that we we exist to do, and that is to bring hope and healing into a broken and hurting world? That's mm-hmm. what we exist to do. That's our mission. That's our heart. We know that Jesus is the answer to everything that we face. Mm-hmm. Um, he is our source of hope. I was literally just praying um, a couple of days ago and journaling. I'm just like it, that uh, that scripture that talks about the hope that we have in him being an anchor for our souls. Mm. I was like, Oh, I'm so thankful that in this season I have an anchor for my soul. And that is my hope in Jesus Christ. And I have actually thought, Oh my word, if I did not have hope in Jesus Christ right now, what would this season of life be like? Oh. Um, Oh my goodness. You know? And so it's like just this idea of, Jesus being the answer and mm-hmm. therefore is our calling and our commission as believers. Has it ever been greater? Has it ever been mm-hmm. more important than it is right now? Yeah. So in light of all of that, 
we've been in the midst of a conversation, or we are in the midst of a conversation right now on this idea of missional hospitality. We're um, kind of bringing in some concepts that Rosaria Butterfield um, mentions in her book, uh, The Gospel Comes with the House Key. Um, yeah. She has some really, really challenging and powerful concepts that she introduces um, in that book. And we just thought, man, there's no greater springboard for our conversation than that. And so, yeah. um, Today, kind of one of the things that we're headed, and I don't know, last week convicted me to the core. I'm like, well, shoot, I got some stuff I need to look at in my life. I got to, and really what we, what we talked about was just how important it is that we not get lost and forget our purpose in the world as believers and followers of Jesus, that there is something called the great commission. Like there is something, there is a purpose that, um, that we have been given for existence and it's not just to survive. It's not just to get through this pandemic. It's not just to have a job, just to have a family. All those things are great. All those things are wonderful, but we've been given an even greater purpose um, for, for our existence on the planet. And so we kind of revisited that last week. This week, we're going to kind of jump into an idea that we, we touched on really, really lightly last week, but it's this idea that she brings up in the book about um, whether or not Christians are victims in a post-Christian world. In the world that we live in today are Christian victims, where it's like, you know, I, I, I do hear this idea and this thought a lot of like, oh, you know, we just, we live in this world where it's so hard to be a Christian and we're being attacked all the time. It's just, it's just so hard to be a Christian today. And, and she says in the book, guys, we're not victims here. In yeah. fact, the word that she uses is co-conspirators. Yeah. <laughs> so I would actually love to pitch that to you guys to just expand on that idea. I know, Rachel, you gave a really interesting and, and good example of what that can look like. So I would love for you guys to take it. Yeah, no, I was convicted um, equally, uh, you know, about that, you know, this idea of feeling like I'm the victim and I'm always being attacked. And listen, we're not saying persecution doesn't exist. Sure, and sure. And we're not yes. even saying that it's not that it's not hard to follow Jesus because right. uh, the Bible tells us it's going to be hard. Like it's right. not an easy road. But what we're saying here is that um, there's there's something with that victim-like mentality that causes you to 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 feel like you have no power or no choice in what you are going to do. And the Bible actually says that we're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, not more than victims. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she says the co-conspirator thing and an easy example that kind of came to mind was this idea of social media, that we can attack it and say, there's so many like this evil underbelly of, and there is, there are really dark things about it, but there are also many of those dark things that can benefit me at the right time when I'm ready to slander someone or gossip about them or, Mm -hmm. you know, stand on my soapbox and air out, you know, their dirty laundry and, and be less than Christ like other people. So that was something that I was like, oh man, this is actually like, something in everyday life that's a great example of being a co-conspirator. And the other thing that I loved um, that was kind of brought up as a point here as well is we often use the phrase, um, you know, love the person and, but hate their sin. And one thing that, that she brought up that I, again has been so convicting was love the person and hate your own sin. And by that was this, I, this kind of this mind shift of going, okay, Yes, we sin is wrong. We're not condoning that here. But again, let's look at the specs in our own eye before we get so zeroed in and focused on trying to get that or what say the specs. Let's look at the log in our own eye. But uh, we're trying to get, you know, the specs out of everybody else's eye. 
And that has just put some things into perspective. And we'll talk about that today, just some really good key, um, really almost like paradigm shifts and going, okay, this is a good way I can practically start thinking differently so I can authentically build a relationship with my, with my neighbor, my community. Yeah. And just to piggyback off of that, Rachel, um, I I can't remember where I heard this from. It it, it wasn't in, it it wasn't said explicitly like this in the book, The Gospel Comes with a House Key, but certainly Rosaria Butterfield, um, you know, alludes to this, this statement. And and I I would bet she, she endorses this statement and it's this, um, when we're um, going into communities, when we're thinking about like, um, you know, what is my calling? How can I be the hands and feet of Christ? We have to remember that um, the, the communities, our neighbors, these people that are in need, they don't want a savior. Mm. They want a friend. Mm. Now, obviously, once there is earned trust there and, and the Holy Spirit is working constantly, um, yes, the end goal is for these, um, you know, these communities, these, these people who God has placed in our lives, our neighbors, mm-hmm. to come to a saving relationship and knowledge of Christ. But certainly at the outset, we've got to stop thinking about ourselves as these saviors mm-hmm. who, um, you know, who are going into these communities with the, with, you know, with this objective. Um, and, and, and real quick, um, and, and sorry if it feels like I'm kind of all over the place, but there was something that you mentioned um, earlier that Melanie teed up, uh, Rachel, um, this idea of feeling like, um, you know, we're, we're, you use the word persecution. Um, you know, I think where that comes from is probably what we have done in America is we have taken uncomfortability and awkwardness mm. and um, potential um, disagreements, and we've equated that to persecution. That's a good point, Julian. Yeah. For example, if, um, you know, if, if there's a water cooler conversation that maybe you have had in the past, you know, back when things were normal and there were water coolers at, at your... <laughs> yeah, you know, people congregated around. Yeah. Then, yeah. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe, you know, and, and, and I know that this has been the case for me too, maybe what we have done is subconsciously equated a disagreement or feeling as, as if somebody is off put by our faith and how, you know, how we talk about Christ. We've equated that as to being like persecution and, and like that, yeah. man, that was a really hard... Um, now, I have to say, obviously, that this is not to dismiss those of us listening to this episode who have experienced, unfortunately, um, you know, extreme cases of this. We're yeah. not dismissing that. Yeah, that not, is definitely a reality as well. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, for we're, sure. not trying, we're not trying to, you know, paint a, a, a broad brush stroke here, so to right. speak. Um, but I, I think that if we're all honest with ourselves, we we probably, and, and, and we're human, of course this is the case, but we're all probably, um, we all have an aversion, you know, um, we, we all have this tendency to want to avoid awkwardness and uncomfortableness. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and let's, let's be real when we're talking to our neighbors, when we're, when we're trying to build relationships, um, it, it can be a little clunky and awkward if you're trying mm-hmm. to, you know, maybe share a testimony or, or of, you know, or, 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 you know, speak about how Jesus has impacted your life. It, it can feel, you can sort of maybe even get a little tense, like, man, how are they going to receive this? How are they going mm-hmm. to receive this? Um, but that's not, that right there is not persecution. Sure. That yeah. is, that is an awkward, you know, potentially uncomfortable, awkward conversation that, that yeah. you're afraid of, of, you're more afraid of making somebody, 
uh, feel uncomfortable in that moment than yeah. you are um, just, you know, genuinely loving them and, and, and allowing this conversation centered around Christ to spill out of you naturally, yeah. not, not with the intent of, you know, hopefully I can get them to come to church or whatever. Right. That's, not, that's not a bad thing, but just because you love them and, and they're mm-hmm. an image bearer mm-hmm. and you're going to treat them as such. Okay. And, and, and if you, if, if I love Christ as much as I tout that I do, he's going to come up naturally. We'll get back into the podcast in just a second, but wanted to take a moment to touch base with you. Of course, none of us knows what the future holds or even what this pandemic will look like tomorrow, but we just want you to know we've been praying for you, as well as for our cities and our world. Our desire is to still provide relevant information weekly, and in these unprecedented times, we want to hear from you even more. So if you have questions or topics you'd like to hear us talk about, please send those over to mercytalk at mercymultiplied.com. We'd also love for you to check out our new account on Instagram, and you can find us by simply typing in mercy underscore outreach, and you can find additional resources and even ways to stay connected with us there. And lastly, I just want to remind you that Mercy Talk is a free of charge program. And just like all of Mercy Multiplied, we operate from donors and supporters just like you. If you're able, please consider giving a gift at mercymultiplied.com. Thank you so much for listening. Together, we will continue to get through this with the hope found only in Jesus Christ. We, we should not equate uncomfortability potential awkward clunky conversations with persecution Mm. um it's you know it's our responsibility to love our neighbors and to build relationships with them and confront the reality that at some point in those conversations and in those relationships as as they continue to get nurtured christ is just going to come up in conversation Mm. like that that's part of it Mm -hmm. Uh, so Sorry for kind of going all over the map there, but there were a couple of things that both of you yeah. teed up that I wanted to, to build off of. Yeah, that's good. That's that's good. I I think it's really good for us to to kind of go back a little bit and unpack some of some of what we were talking about earlier and what you mentioned, um, Rachel, about you know like we're we're part of this too. Like we're quick to condemn the sin of the world and forget the part that we have played in it. So I think if we all were being very honest, we could admit, yes, I have played a part in this world's sin problem. Pretty sure that's in the Bible. Right. And if you would say otherwise, that's a different conversation we should have. Um, For sure. But (laughs) how does, how does that truth work? you know, in, in what we're talking about, like when we're trying to love and, um, reach a a broken world for Jesus, um, you know, just because we are also not perfect and we have also got our own sin problems, it doesn't mean that we then give our approval Mm -hmm. of the very sin that Jesus gave his life for. right? Right. So this idea, and this is like, grace and truth, grace and truth, grace and truth. Like how do we balance these? How do we live these out? It is like, I don't know that anybody's going to master it this side of heaven. Right. (laughs) Like it is a constant tension to live with. Um, and every last one of us has a stronger bent towards one or the other. Mm -hmm. Um, and so 
I, I love it because actually in this book, um, she gives six very practical, y'all know how much I love me some practical application, but she gives us some really specific things that we can practice with our neighbors, with our uh, community, with the people that God has put in our lives. Um, we, we aren't going to go through all of those, but wanted to mention a few of them today, like I said, just kind of as a way to discuss some stuff. Um, and, and one of the first that I'll mention is, is her talking about just the importance of respecting the reality of your neighbor's lives. Um, and, and again, we've, we've hit on this a million ways. We're not just talking about your physical neighbor. We're talking about those people that God has put in your life. I love that there's this idea here of, um, it's acceptance and approval are two different things. There's a distinction between the two. Um, loving someone and approving of their life or their lifestyle, not life (laughs) of the way that they're living. Um, those don't have to go hand in hand. Right. Like I can 100% love my child and not approve in his lifestyle. Now, thankfully we're not there yet. (laughs) Like his lifestyle right now consists of him toddling around and throwing (laughs) balls and I'm like, it is what it is. But like, I know that there's going to be a day that, you know, he might make choices for his life that I just don't approve Mm. of. Um, It doesn't, and I know because it's, this is an easy example, right? When you're talking about your kids, there is this inherent love that you have for your kids that truly, and I understand it now having one, I'm like, there is nothing on planet earth that you could do that would shake my love for you. Right. Now, can I, can I still fully love you and not approve of some things that you're doing? Yep. Yeah, 100%. So yeah. there's a quote um, from this book where she says, unbelievers need to see genuine acceptance Mm -hmm. from us. Mm -hmm. And again, acceptance and and approval, two different things. Um, She says they need to see genuine love. They need to see, and this is what I love, being made in the image of God is a higher calling, bestowing a greater dignity than inventing your own rules for faith and life. I will say that again. Let it sink in. Her words are a little bit, but she said, They, unbelievers, need to see that being made in the image of God is a higher calling, bestowing a greater dignity than inventing your own rules for faith and life. Yeah. And when people can know that, when people know that you see the image of God inside of them and you love and fully accept that, even if you don't fully approve of everything that they're doing and every choice they're making, that's a game changer. That's what people want. That's right. Yes. That's good now. So Man, uh, thank you for for underscoring that. Uh, and, and just real quick to segue into um, another point that we want to underscore here, um, because I, I want to build off of that a little bit, Melanie. But uh, Rosario says that we ought to pray that we will be a safe person to hear mm. of yeah. our hearts. Yes, um, friends, listening to this podcast, we have a lot of work to do to mm-hmm. undo the stereotype that Christians are judgy, closed mm-hmm. off, you know, hypocrites who, yeah. um, who have it all figured out or, or so it seems when really they're just like, like that, like that's what we're up against Yeah, for too long. There has been this negative connotation associated with Christians. And, and, you know, I know the term evangelical is in vogue right now. And, and there's this, there's this negative stigma associated with, with it, but we have to be safe. Mm-hmm. 
We have got to be safe. May our words give grace to those who hear. Yeah. I'll just cite Ephesians 4.29 here uh, real quick. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. That's good. My needs or my agenda or what I hope to uh, Mm. convert or change in them or fix in them. but may Can I just, I'm about to interrupt and I'm so sorry for interrupting, no, please, but please. I have this feeling that when you said, and I'm so thankful you said it, when you said, we have a stigma mm. that we have to undo, like, I think there's probably some people that got a little triggered by that whole like judgy Christian thing because every, everybody hears it. Yeah. And I, I will be one of the first people to say that I have had moments where I'm like, I'm so sick and tired of people assuming that because I'm a Christian, I'm judgmental. I'm so tired of it. I'm so tired. Of, I'm not judgmental, you know, like, right. like no one typically wants that. And yes, you're right. right. We are having to undo it. And I have to keep going back to saying, even if it's not true, even if mm-hmm. it's not true, it yeah. is the perception and perception right. is reality. Yeah. Exactly. Period. Yeah. So yeah. we can sit here and try to fight the perception or we can do exactly what you are saying and just, and just be diff. I mean, that's so good. Yeah. All I can do is be safe. All right. I can yeah. do is make choices that show instead of trying to fight it by saying, that's not us. That's not how we are. Well, okay. Let's just not be that way then. Right. Cause that's what people right. think. Right. So right. I don't know. I just wanted to say there yeah. may be people who are like, but we're not okay. Great. You're not. It's still the perception right. of an unbelieving world is that you are. So what we're saying is I think it's great that you're like, man, let's just pray to be safe and grace-filled people in that way. I think that's so good. Yeah. Please continue. Sorry. I just thought that was so good. I'm so so glad uh, that you, you know, reiterated that. That that is, in fact, the perception that we're dealing with, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's important to have um, a a healthy sense of self-awareness. Yeah, for sure. Of what, you know, what our reality is like right now. In yeah. certain America, mm-hmm. uh, but another way, like you're saying, Melanie, to combat that is by investing in our neighbors mm-hmm. for the long haul. Yeah, mm-hmm. not just having, you know, putting all of our eggs, so to speak, in that one basket, that one conversation. Yeah, we, you know, invite them to church. Right. Uh, now, there's nothing wrong with inviting people to church. Nothing wrong with that at all. But what we are looking at here is, um, is really a a a, a journey, a long, yeah. you know, uh, sort of time consuming, um, which is a good thing, investment in our neighbor. Yeah. Uh, because um, that that's where real relationships and yeah. real authentic safety is going to be established mm-hmm. over time. Yeah. It doesn't happen overnight. Yes. Um, and so we've got to stop thinking about these conversations that we're having with our neighbors as uh, being sort of sneaky um, evangelistic raids <laughs> into their sinful lives. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so. yeah. That's good. so good. Well, and, and to piggyback on that, Julian, like I was just thinking now more than ever, uh, and I know it's different for everyone across the country, depending on what it looks like for your church or state or whatever to be open. But I know where I am, Mm. I don't have a building to invite them to right now. Like, I, you know, like these conversations, these table, like, you know, experiences of, of eating together and, and communing together, like that is the church I'm inviting them into those conversations I'm having about Jesus, because I don't know 
when the next time, I mean, Lord, I pray soon, but I don't know when the next time I can hand them a, you know, a, a handout card and say, hey, you want to come to the whatever service? Because right now that's not an option. So more than ever, it's so important, like you said, to make that investment, to make, you yeah. know, this is for, um, again, it's not a sneaky raid. It's for the long haul, genuinely, yeah. um, which kind of leads into the third one that we wanted to share. And Mel, you made this point earlier, and that is knowing why it matters uh, most that we are made in the image of God. I, lo I love that because it's yeah. so simple, but I forget it so many times that, uh, you know, the value, and she says this too, the value of human life to God is inherent. Inherent. Yeah. That means it's who we are as image bearers, not yes. instrumental. And we talk about this all the time. You know, it's not what we do that makes you who you are. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's being, um, you know, made and created in the image of God. In Genesis 127, it says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created he created him, made, he made them um, male and female, he created them. And so even thinking about this idea of, yes, mm -hmm. we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but I think um, under kind of what you said earlier, Mel, respecting or, or honoring um, the reality of your, your neighbor's lives, that comes into play when we can first see someone as an image bearer rather yeah. than than a than a marred sinner and i'm not saying that i mean yes i have messed up i mean i'm a sinner saved by grace alone saved by jesus christ but we have to first come um to the table and see you see one another with that mutual respect of like god loves you and and he made you in his image and so we need to start there versus you're so messed up and and and, and we and like you said now you're a project we need to fix you because it just changes the whole um you know like perspective and flavor and timbre of the conversation it affects your mm -hmm. worldview i know i know it does for me so you know mm -hmm. obviously that hu that human life perspective of we're made in the image of god and then the next is because of the blood of Christ, um, you know, Jesus, he dined with sinners, but he didn't sin with sinners. Uh, and there's so many, you know, examples of Jesus doing this and eating in homes of tax collectors and, and, and other people who had a reputation in that day. Uh, and Jesus had those hard conversations. And so, again, back to our previous points that it's so important to develop that thick skin. And I'll say this, it reminded me of our conversation a few weeks ago, Mel, when we were talking about telling somebody that you love that they need help. Mm -hmm. I wonder if the reason we have a hard time doing this with our friends who are unbelievers is because, and I'm talking to myself, is because we're not practicing this with each other either. You yeah. know, like we're not practicing it in the church very, very well. And so then when it really comes time to, to know how to disagree, love and disagree, we haven't been practicing it, you know, with our believing friends. So how do we do it? with those who don't even have the same worldview, it becomes yeah. hard. So I was just thinking yeah. about the other day, like, Lord, help me be better at practicing this with brothers and sisters yeah. too, so that I can, so that it's not so disarming when I go out and go, Hey, it's okay. Like you said, we can, we can love each other and, and not, uh, agree or, or accept everything about each other's lives. If that makes mm -hmm. sense. So anyways, that's, yeah. I'll understand that one, but it was convicting for sure. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So why don't we, um, you know, as is tradition here mm -hmm. at Mercy Talk, <laughs> why don't we leave you you all with, um, a, you know, a practical thing to sort of yeah. think about and, and sort of work through this week. Um, we want you guys to, um, we want to ask, we want you to ask the Lord where you may have fallen prey 
to this, you know, victim-like mentality mm. um, with unbelievers. Ask the Lord to show you his heart for your neighbors and community, and that he would work that same genuine love in you. Yeah. That's what we want to challenge you guys with uh, mm. this week. That's so good. I love, I remember uh, being challenged years ago with this idea of um, what if everybody you interacted with, before you interacted with them, you asked a question or like you asked the Lord, like, God, give me your heart for this person Ooh, before you, before you walk up to the checkout yeah. line. If you do that these days, before you go, <laughs> yeah. before you pay for your meal, before you interact with the coworker, God, give me your heart for this person. Um, like what, what would that change? And when yeah. we talk about our neighbors and this whole idea, I just, I was thinking, some with what you were sharing, Rachel, about being image bearers, and then also with that takeaway, Julian. Like, I look at my son, mm. and I look at him, and I'm like, I cannot believe that I can feel the way I feel about you. I didn't yeah. know, I didn't know I could feel this way about a person. I've heard this about yeah. people when they yeah. have kids, but I look at him, and I'm like, the the love that I feel for you almost terrifies me yeah. because it's just, yeah. it's just, I, I, I'm overwhelmed with love for you, and to think that God the Father could love you more is mm. unfathomable to me. It is. But then I look out and I see somebody walking down the street in my house and I'm like, and God feels the exact same way about that person. Yes. And he feels the exact same way about, um, I don't know, the people on the news that everybody wants to hate. Like, yeah. Yeah. God feels the same yes. way about those people that he feels yes. about my son who I look at and think, I couldn't imagine loving you more. Like, That's so good. To that's imagine that the heart. That, that, am I saying it right? Mago Day. That's that image yeah. bearing perspective. Yes. Like yes. you said, like, give me your eyes. Give me your heart for that person. Yeah. Sorry. Like, I Lord, know. I know that I have literally no capacity to yes. love the guy walking down the street the same way I love my son. I don't yes. have the human capacity to do that. But like, I know you do. You yeah. love them the same and love yes. them more than I ever could. So God, would you just give me more of that heart? Yes. And maybe, maybe that's a piece of that takeaway, yes. Julian. Very good. And it's yeah. kind of crazy too, like, I'm so sorry not to piggyback again and, and, and to draw this out too long, but like, God loves Julian in spite of the thoughts I've had in my deepest, darkest moments or the sins that I've committed in my deepest, darkest moments. So, you know, I, of, yes, of course he loves all of us in that same way. And it just always kind of strikes me. Um, as interesting that like, you know, in, 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 in lots of moments, it's easy for me to like, when I'm reading the word, when I'm worshiping through song, like I can, I can lean into that reality that he loves me. Um, even though I'll, I'll never ex understand the breadth of that. And yet it's hard for me to imagine that for fellow image bearers. So yeah. just a, such a good reminder there. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. So I love, I love that takeaway, Julian, to just like pray for more of it. And, yeah. and I don't know, it's inspiring me to want to start doing that more often too, is like just before any interaction with somebody, God, would you give me your heart for them today? Yes. Would you help me see them today the way you see them? Yes. Um, whether that's someone that you're seeing for the first time ever or it's your spouse, you that's know? So, um, <laughs> so it's a good, it's a good, good question and thing to ask for more of and more of and more of. So mm. um, these conversations have been, I just, I don't know. So 
encouraging and challenging and eye-opening for me personally. I hope um, for all of you listening that they've been the same. I'm excited that we still have another week to talk about this and to unpack some ideas and some thoughts. And so we, we hope that you've been encouraged and we hope that you will join us next week. Bye. We're so glad you joined us today. We'd love for you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also find previous episodes there. Mercy Multiplied is a nonprofit organization completely funded by our donors. We're incredibly grateful and couldn't do what we do without them. If you want to find out more how you can partner with us financially, head over to mercymultiplied.com.